Let's go uh, right to the lesson tonight. Uh, someone you should know, part five. Someone you should know. Demas, from disciple to deserter. Second Timothy, chapter four, verse ten. Someone you should know. Demas, from disciple to deserter. Second Timothy. 4 and 10. Listen to how it reads. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. King James Version, it sounds like this. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. From disciple to deserter. Someone you should know. His name means popular. He was definitely that with Paul and his inner circle of seven. When his name appears the other two times in Scripture, he is identified as a co-signee to the letter in Colossians 4.14 and identified as a fellow laborer with Paul in the gospel in Philemon 24. A fellow laborer. When you call someone your fellow, it implies belonging to the same academy, the same class, united by the same interests. For four years in my pursuit of my doctorate degree, I was part of a group led by Dr. Harold Carter, Jr. of Baltimore, Maryland, and Bishop Rudolph McKissick of Jacksonville, Florida. And along with the other eight, we reported to them, we were guided by them, we were mentored by them, we were critiqued by them. Consequently, at graduation time, we became known as Carter McKissick Fellows. Demas was a Paul Fellow. Paul was proud to have Demas in his group. Paul presented him as part of his group. And Paul poured into Demas as a fellow laborer, a fellow servant. Maybe at this point it's a grand moment to caution us. Watch the fellows you associate with. Work on quality fellowship. Some names will bring you fame. Others will bring you shame. Demas was a source of end-of-life shame to the mentor Paul for the reason written in this one verse. Listen to how Demas was a source of shame and sorrow 
Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, the big city, where he possibly became a follower of Christ and a partner in Paul's missionary work. Demas left on his own. No one drove Demas away. He could have stayed if he had chosen, but it was his own decision to leave. How do you go from follower to forsaken? Uh, what was so strong in his past life that it pulled him back? How do you go from being in love with the work to being lured and lulled by the world of sin and pleasure you were supposed to leave behind? I'm not going to even attempt to answer these questions in the brief time we have, but I do want to offer them for your dialogue and chat across the course of the week. I do want to list a couple of truths that will aid you in your discussion and also help each of us with a well-being check. Number one, all of our service to the Lord is willing. Willing service is what delights the Lord. Remember Jesus said that if any man will come after me, if any man follows me, it's a matter of free choice to get saved then. It continues to be a matter of free will after salvation. It has to be an act of the will. We've created such a cuddling, pampering, quid pro quo approach to Christian work. We cuddle, we beg, we pay, we plead, we promise, we stroke egos, all in the name of getting the saints to work for the Lord. Can we just stop? How many calls and texts, emails do you get from your place of employment to remind you to come to work? Why then do we have to do so much to get participation from the fellow servants of the Lord? Service has to be willing. Willing workers, willing worship, willing singing, willing deacons, willing learners, willing givers, willing preachers. I do not intend to stand before the Lord with an arm injury because my fellow freedomites had to twist it to get me to serve, to come to church, or to give. So Demas reminds us 
that our servant has to be willing. Here's another truth. Ministry connection is no substitute for developing personal relationship with Jesus. Paul says, Demas has left me. Demas has left me. I do not mean to read into the text, but can I ask you this question? Is it possible to be so mesmerized, hypnotized by an outstanding Christian personality that you leave undernurtured your own personal relationship with Christ the Lord because all you see is the one whose shadow you're in. Paul says, demon, demos has forsaken me. Indeed, none in the first century church movement was as dynamic as Paul. But Paul keeps teaching, not I but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live to the glory and in the power of Christ. Paul keeps saying, for to me to live is Christ. Paul had his personal relationship. The demon Demos have his? Demos has to take responsibility responsibility for stirring up the gift that is in him. Demos has to make full proof of his ministry. You have to stir up the gift God put in you. You got to present full evidence of what he has gifted you to do. We see it in church today, don't we? Especially in the black church. Little church clones, little religious robots dressing like and trying to sound like and even preaching like the admired one. Demos reminds us to be ourselves, hallelujah, and work on the Christ that dwelleth in us. Can I just implore you, be yourself. Paul did not die on the cross for Demos. Cultivate your own personal walk with God running around here carrying someone else's Bible and bag. No, carry your own cross. Because just maybe if we're cultivating that sort of system where we have to clone others and rely on others to work for us, then just maybe... 
we're carrying too much stuff, and we might need to leave some of it in our office. Develop your own personal relationship. And then thirdly tonight, the world and that life we left behind are forever factors to contend with. The world has not disappeared. This world system, its pleasures, its glitter, its glamour, its pool, uh, it's still there. Satan may not be pulling as hard on you at 71 as he was when you were 31 or 41, but he's still pulling at you. He's still a factor to contend with. Can I ask, what was back in Thessalonica that Demos rushed back to resume? Can I ask this question? Did he really ever completely break off and break away? Who said it? Trying to love too. It's so very hard to do. Oh, it was Jesus in Matthew 6, 24, when he says to those who are considering following him, you can't serve both God and material. Some theologians say Demas couldn't handle the persecution the martyrdom prospect. After all, Paul is awaiting death in a Roman jail. Demos wasn't cut out for this. So what did he do? He cut out on Paul. First John two fifteen. If any man loves this world system, the love of God is not in him. Demas had neither faith or courage to risk following Paul into martyrdom. He chose the easy route out. Here's some more questions you can chat about. Was Demas really saved? Or did he fall in love with the moment and the ministry? but never the master. I'm going to leave you right there with Demos. I just thought he's somebody you should know. Get to know him, but don't become like him. A person whose name means popular, highly recognized and regarded by other people, but is not on good terms with the one who really matters. Demas, from disciple to deserter. Hallelujah. And that's the word of God that I teach on tonight. Amen, amen, amen.